The top stories from the KCBS Radio Newsroom. This is the All Local. I'm Chris Ancarlo. Here's what's happening. The year of the rabbit has hopped in here on a soggy path, and KCBS's David Welch has more from the Lunar New Year Parade route in San Francisco. Despite the rain, spectators started lining up early along the parade's starting point at 3rd and Market. Just before parade time, every spot here was filled. Are you excited? Yeah! How excited are you? Very excited. What are you excited to see? Farther down the route in Chinatown, all the bleachers were sold out and packed. There's over 120 organizations marching in this year's parade, a Lunar New Year record, ranging from lion dancers to city dignitaries. This was District Attorney Brooke Jenkins' first parade as an elected official. Very excited, and to have my kids here is is really amazing. And of course, a Lunar New Year parade wouldn't be complete without lots of firecrackers. But organizers say they felt safe. After all, San Francisco's fire chief, Janine Nicholson, was on hand watching over. As long as they're done safely. Yep. Just got to do them safely. They They have to ward off the evil spirits, so that's what they do. In San Francisco, David Welch, KCBS. Researchers at Stanford are using AI to predict how close we are globally to meeting our climate goals. And as KCBS's Megan Goldsby reports, the news isn't great. The scientists use forecasting models combined with AI that's trained to look at temperatures around the world over time. The AI predicts based on where the climate system is at now, how much more warming is likely, and in particular, how long until until these different uh, global warming thresholds are reached. And says Noah Diffenbaugh, a climate scientist at the Stanford Door School of Sustainability, they found the Earth is set to pass a threshold of 1.5 degrees Celsius over pre-industrial temperatures in just 10 to 15 years. In the United Nations Paris Agreement, the countries of the world agreed to hold global warming well below two degrees Celsius and pursue 1.5. So it doesn't look like we'll hit our goal, even if the model shows emissions do decrease. But this is not failure, says Diffenbaugh. We need to continue to set ambitious goals, he says, whether we hit them or not. It is happening. Some are setting net zero goals for mid-century. My own employer, Stanford University, uh, you know, has a net zero by 2050 goal, as many uh, companies and, and states and countries do. So uh, we've really seen a, a, a ramp up in ambition, and as a result, you know the likely level of warming has really decreased over the last decade. He says the goal actually used to be four degrees Celsius, so progress is being made. Megan Goldsby, KCBS. Well, we've officially hit the average annual rainfall total in San Francisco in a typical water season. The city gets about 22.89 inches of rain. We're already above that. We hit the uh, the actual mark yesterday afternoon, but we've had more rain since then. And this with months left to go in the season, which ends June 30th. And yep, eh, we have even more rain on the way in the long range forecast. Just ahead on KCBS, fire crews in Oakland beating back a two alarm fire in Jack London Square last night. Well, firefighters in Oakland saved much of a restaurant at Jack London Square from burning down. The call came in for a fire at Eve's Restaurant on Embarcadero West at around 5.30 last night. Firefighters were able to contain the fire to the kitchen area. It took about 45 minutes to put the fire down. There was no one in the restaurant at the time. No reports of injuries. The cause of the fire remains under investigation. 
Are you always misplacing your things? It's okay. KCBS's Kathy Whitman has more on a study that says it might not be a sign of memory loss. Misplacing a set of keys or forgetting where you left your phone are common occurrences and not a reason to panic about memory loss. According to a study done by Jeremy Wolf of Brigham and Women's Hospital, our minds have a massive ability to remember objects and where they are. The study showed participants a series of objects on a screen and were asked to come back and identify them after they had been moved. They know the approximate neighborhood of maybe over 100 objects out of the 300 or so objects that we would show them. He says people tend to think they have a terrible memory because they notice the mistakes they make by misplacing objects. But in fact, the mind can remember quite a lot, especially when visuals are involved. What we're showing here is the basic science underpinnings of how you get through your everyday life knowing where where lots of things are. He says many worry when they can't remember where they parked their car, but no need to panic. There's a reason for that. The place you most recently parked your car is being interfered with in your memory by the place you parked yesterday. Kathy Whitman, KCBS. Coming up on KCBS is Twitter skeleton crew putting user safety at risk. We'll speak with an expert here in just about five minutes. It's been uh, just over 100 days since Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter. And since we've seen a mass exodus of employees, including key personnel who developed user safety systems within the company. And for more, we're joined on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Laura Edelson, postdoctoral researcher with cybersecurity for democracy at NYU's Tandon School of Engineering. And uh, we appreciate your time here, Laura, this morning. Morning. So it seems as though checks and balances have just been systemically dismantled at Twitter. Is that the way to look at it? Unfortunately, yes. You know, we've seen such an exodus of the people who really make safety on Twitter work. And we've also seen just a series of decisions from Elon Musk that, you know, seem kind of disconnected from reality almost. Why does this matter? You know, Twitter plays a really crucial role in our um, public digital square. Twitter is where a lot of government officials um, talk to their constituents. It's where journalists talk to each other. And, you know, over, you know, not just in the United States, but globally, it served a really vital function for civil discourse. And when it ceases to function because a lot of the core safety attributes of the platform are just being systematically dismantled, that's a real loss for everyone. You know, it seemed as though there was a crescendo of reaction after Musk initially took over. It somewhat uh, subsided, but many of the feared issues kind of cropping up, whether it's more controversial personalities having their accounts restored or just kind of weird glitches like that whole lock your account thing. Um, How much of that is attributable to Elon Musk's decision making and how much of that is attributable to maybe more and more of a skeleton crew? Well, those two things are related. Um, As more and more people have been fired, laid off, or left, there have been fewer people in the building who really know how Twitter works, who know how critical components function. And what that means is that there's fewer people around who can push back when someone who doesn't really know how these things work asks for something that's totally infeasible. Do we have an idea of how much pushback there was before Elon took over? I've never worked at Twitter, so, you know, it's really hard to say, um, you know, if you're not in the in the room. But, you know, I imagine, and I've certainly heard stories, that a lot of people in that first week, in that first month, you know, were exercising a restraining influence by simply presenting him with reality. 
you know, I think it's a lot easier to say, oh, I'm going to remove all the bots than there is to, um, than it is to actually make the decisions that would, um, you know, take down automated accounts. And we're seeing this right now with, um, you know, they've announced that automated accounts will need to start paying um, some amount of money to access the Twitter API as of February 9th. But what we're actually realizing is that same functionality that enabled quote-unquote bots actually also enabled a ton of functionality that's really vital for uh, Twitter to be a useful place. But it's kind of questionable whether Elon Musk was even aware of that before he you know, went forward with this. Yeah, that was going to be my next question about that very issue, because, I mean, you're talking about accounts that keep track of things like legislation or earthquakes or weather. I mean, there's all sorts of functionality to that. Yeah, I mean, I think this is where it gets confusing, because when people say bots, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is something really bad. But actually, one of the things that's great about Twitter, one of the one of the things that makes it so useful is that there are these automated accounts that have been enabled by this API, and it makes Twitter the rich experience that it is, that, you know, really, you know, is incredibly useful. Like, I, I'm sure I can think of three or four bots, some of which are, you know, really fun. One that I love is like the frog and toad bot. But also, I follow a bot that makes um, legislative documents available. That's incredibly useful, you know, to see things just as they're as they're coming out. And bit by bit, he's taking apart, fun- you know, the functionality of Twitter, the thing that made it really special, useful place. And to me, it's questionable what will be left at the end of this. So what's the answer here? What do we do? What, is, what does Twitter do? How do they write the ship? You know, I think we are seeing why really critical pieces of our civil infrastructure shouldn't be run by one man. Uh, but unfortunately, that's what we have right now. Um, you know, I, I think we, one, can hope that uh, Elon Musk comes to his senses and stops destroying this asset that he purchased. Um, You know, but we are building other platforms. We are going to other places. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I've been using using Mastodon quite a bit more. I've been using Post quite a bit more. And I think that, you know, one of these other emerging services will develop more utility and we'll find another place where this kind of work can happen. Laura, your time is much appreciated this morning. It was Laura Edelson, a postdoctoral researcher with cybersecurity for democracy at NYU's Tandon School of Engineering, talking a bit about Twitter, the state of things here, about 100 days plus after Elon Musk took over. Subscribe to the All Local wherever you get your podcasts and stream us on your smart speaker 24-7 by saying, play KCBS Radio. 